Greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is David Solomon. I am an IT consultant working at Lutron Electronics. I am married to a beautiful wife, Christine, for 19 years. We are blessed with two beautiful children, Sarah and Emmanuel Solomon. We are part of this Faith Church family since July 2011. I thank Pastor Joe and the pastoral staff for giving me this opportunity to share the Word of God today. I moved to U.S. in 1998 from India. For the first time I went for a grocery shopping, I was looking for a vegetable, but I couldn't find it. So I asked the customer service person, I am looking for a vegetable called Lady's Finger. He gave me a weird look, and I told him, this is a vegetable I'm looking for, but he said we don't have any vegetables like that. Finally, I found out in U.S. it is called as okra. <laughs> so with that being said, kindly forgive my accent the way I pronounce, because it will be different than what you normally hear on Sunday mornings. As we focus on the verse, we are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. From 1 Corinthians 12, 27, we are going to dig deeper on one of the main aspects of the body of Christ. When Pastor Joe asked me to speak, God laid on my heart the importance of serving people by praying for them. You see, so many times we think our relationship with God as something we can get from Him, instead of seeking God's face, seeing Christ's heart for the people who are broken and dying. The scripture reading we heard today during our worship is from the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. In the scripture, Jesus and his disciples are visiting Martha and Mary's house. We see Mary is sitting at his feet and listening to Jesus, and Martha is busy trying to serve him. Have you ever thought about your relationship with Jesus? Are we more like Martha or are we more like Mary? When we put ourselves in the Martha's shoes, what we will be doing? We will be doing probably the same thing what Martha is doing. We are so eager to serve like Martha on each Sunday. We get so busy serving when we finish serving, we jump on to our fast-paced week. We work, we take kids for different activities, go to restaurants, parties, sports, etc. Life goes on. We find ourselves in a very tight, packed schedule. After a short period, we get tired. We lose focus become envious, 
And sometimes our pride takes over us and we slowly start to complain like Martha. So the big question is, whom are we really serving? Jesus, the world, or both? At one point of time in my life, I was doing the same. I was born and brought up in a Christian home in India, where we attended church every Sunday. I was part of a choir, attended Sunday school, and we had a family prayer every day. As we moved to a different town, our church rented a room in a school to conduct the church. I was responsible for setting up the chair and taking down every, every Sunday. I used to teach Sunday school as well. That's Sunday David. From Monday, I was back to my worldly life. I was involved with a bad group of friends who influenced me to smoke and drink. When I graduated from high school, I was addicted to smoking and drinking. I was a very rebellious teenager. I won't listen to anyone. Because of me, there is no peace in my family. The turning point in my life was, I used to bring my friends to my house when my parents are at work. At one instance, one of my friends took advantage of the situation and stole the valuable jewelries from my house. After a few weeks, we found that one of my friends stole it and we reported to the police. During the investigation, my friend turned the tables on me and said that I was part of the plan in stealing the jewels. So the police took me for the investigation. I was really shocked. It brought great shame to my family. The police did not believe any word I said. To get the truth, the police in India usually use different forms of investigation. They took my friend, tied both his hands, and lifted him up in the air using the pulley. They started beating him so badly that I could hear him screaming. I was so scared. And I knew it. It will be my turn very soon. I was thinking why I have to go through this even it is not my fault. After a few minutes, they brought him down. As they took me, I saw my friend was shivering and lying down on the floor. He has no strength whatsoever in his body. They tied my hands, lifted me up in the air using the pulley. In few seconds, the pain starts shooting through my shoulders without me knowing. I screamed out loud, Jesus, save me. About the same time the cop was about to hit me, he stopped. Another cop ran to him and said, bring this guy down. The other guy confessed all the crimes. Since it was the late evening, the police asked me to stay that night. I was sitting on a bench in a corner the only thought which kept on coming to me, the name that I screamed, 
the name that powerful enough to stop the cop from touching me, the name that is powerful enough to make my friend confess the crime, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. I broke down. I confessed my sins. I repented. And I gave my life to Christ that night in the police station. During that summer, I spent reading the Word of God. It started changing me from inside out. The same guy who walked into the college in the first year, drunk and having packs of cigarettes in his hand, walked into his second year with the Bible in his hand. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The world has gone. The new is here. When you call upon the name of Jesus, he is ready to rescue you. The blind man on the side of the street, he is calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He moved with compassion and opened his eyes like a prodigal son who took father's money, ran out away from his home and spent it all. When he ran out of money, he was starving and he was homeless. He decided to go back to his father, not as a son, but as a slave. When the son was still a long way off, his father saw him. He ran towards him. He embraced him and welcomed him into his home, not as a slave, but as a son. When we turn around and walk towards Jesus, our heavenly father, he will run towards us. He will embrace us. He will cleanse us. He will not condemn us. He will make us his sons and daughters and welcomes into his kingdom. Why he has to redeem us? Because Jesus loves us so much. He died on the cross of Calvary for you and me. But he rose again and he's seated at the right hand throne of the Father. Christ redeemed us to have a relationship with him so that he can change us from inside out. We are purchased by the God for his service. We are bought by the blood of Jesus so that we can be partakers in his holy nation for God and be blessed with his promises. Christ called you and me for a great purpose. Let's look at what that great purpose is. Please open your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yes, he called you and me out of darkness into the wonderful light because we can shine as a light in the darkness. He chose us to be his people. We are a chosen generation. Our God Almighty chose us and called you out as his sons and daughters. What a privilege it is. 
In Ephesians 1, 4 to 6 says, He chose us before the creation and predestined us to be His children and gave His grace. And He saved us by His glorious grace. You might be sitting here crying, I am all alone. There is no one there for me. I am so depressed. I came to the end of my life. Christ is telling you, my brothers, sisters, I have chosen you and I called you out by your name. What a privilege that our loving Father, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, who calls you and knows you by your name. He chose us to be a royal priesthood, royalty. What a privilege to be part of his kingdom, seated at the table of kings of kings. He is the Lion of Judah. He is coming back to take his church with him. His kingdom reigns forever. What a privilege to be part of his kingdom. Priesthood, royal priesthood. In Old Testament, God set apart the tribe of Levi to have a special relationship with the nation of Israel. This tribe is a rejected and a cursed tribe. But God picked them up and makes them to be the tribe of priests. It was their job to come to God on behalf of the people, the nation of Israel. Today you might be thinking that I am a rejected person. I am good for nothing. I have no talents in me. I have no gifts in me. Cheer up my brothers and sisters. Today Christ is calling you to be his royal priesthood who will come to God in behalf of the people. He has chosen us to be a holy nation. Holy means to be set apart for God, for his purpose, and for his service. We live in this world, but we belong to the King of Kings. Our Lord Jesus chose us, called us, set us apart as a holy nation to be a royal priesthood. In this new covenant, as a child of God, we can approach to the throne of God because we are bought by the blood of Jesus. Because we are bought by the blood of Jesus. But he has given us a purpose to be like him. As a royal priesthood, we are required to intercede for the people who are lost and broken. Why I have to intercede? In Hebrews 7, it says, Jesus Christ is the chief priest and the mediator who intercedes for you and me. Even on the cross, with so much of pain and agony, Jesus is interceding for the people who crucified him. That is the love of God. That is the agape love. He's pleading with his father. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Just like Jesus intercedes for us, we can now pray and intercede for others. After I accepted Jesus as my personal savior, many months later, my mom 
noticed a big change in me. I told her that I gave my life to Christ. She told me that her prayers are answered. I asked her, were you praying for me, mom? My mom answered, yes, we are. She said, I go to the women's fasting prayer every month. During the prayer, God showed a vision to one of the women that there is a great darkness surrounding our house. The woman asked, what is going on in your family? My mother told her, there is no peace in my family because of David. He is very, very stubborn. He is so rebellious. It is very hard to talk to him. My son is lost. We don't know what to do. The woman said to my mom, we will stand in the gap and intercede for your son David. As I was continuing to live in sin, in addiction and in darkness, this group of women who stood in the gap and prayed so that I should not perish in the lake of fire. They pleaded with God to forgive my sins and have mercy on me and casted the darkness that is binding me. God heard their prayers and gave his grace and lifted me out of the darkness and saved me because of their persistent prayers and my parents' prayers, I am standing here in front of you. Praise God. That is the power of the intercessory prayer. Unfortunately, most of us think prayer is about praying for ourselves, not others. We often go to prayer seeking his hand, asking God to bless me with this and bless me with that. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. But how long we will be seeking the material blessing? How long we will be seeking for the worldly blessing that will perish? When we look at Christ's face and the agony of what he feels for the lost and dying world, we can be changed into the people who can pray for others. Jesus is searching for someone today who can stand in the gap and pray for the lost and broken. In Ezekiel 22:30 says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. That is the heart of God, found no one. It is our responsibility, dear brothers and sisters, to stand in the gap and cry out to God for the lost and pray for this nation. There are so many people perishing today. It is our responsibility to pray for this nation, for these leaders, lawmakers, law enforcement officials, ministries and church leadership. We need to stand in the gap and pray for the children and for the teenagers, pleading to God to protect them in their schools and colleges. How can I intercede for others? 
you have to set apart your time to go to his throne. This must be intentional. You can intercede in your personal prayers or in your weekly Bible studies. Take one week every month in your Bible studies and have an intercessory prayer time or have a prayer partner to intercede with you. In our prayers, when we go to his throne, we must humble our hearts first. We intercede for others with a heart of confession. We need to intercede, we need to humble ourselves and ask God to forgive us. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What a promise. In our prayers, we can go to his throne and ask our Lord Jesus, Lord, examine my heart. See if there is anything that is wrong in me that is coming close to you, Lord Jesus. The King David prays in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me into the everlasting. We intercede for others by pleading for them. We need to plead and cry for other sins. The Satan has blinded their eyes. They are filled with so much of pride, they cannot ask for forgiveness. We need to plead for the people who live in sin. In Daniel 9.20, you can see Daniel is pleading for the sins of the nation of Israel. We need to ask God to forgive the sins of the people of this nation in our cities, in our communities, and in our homes. Plead, pleading with God to forgive them. There are so many people addicted to pornography, addicted to drugs, addicted to gambling, abusing their children and their spouse every day. We need to plead with God to forgive them and asking Lord to forgive their sins and have mercy on them. We intercede for others with the warrior's prayer. To have a spiritual victory over darkness, to tear down the strongholds and to break every bondage of sins, we need to fast and wage the war against the evil darkness. Whom are we fighting against? Paul says in Ephesians 6:12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yes, our fight is not with flesh and blood or your neighbors or your sisters or brothers. Our fight is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When we go to our knees, the heaven will open. 
when we intercede for others, here is what you can count on. I will finish with these last three thoughts. Number one, God has not left us defenseless in the spiritual warfare. Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. What a promise. We have the authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. To overcome the power of the enemy. To claim the victory over Satan. And bring down all the evil darkness. Paul says in Ephesians 6, 14 to 17. Put on the whole armor of God. Which is the belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Shoes of gospel. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. He says, pray in all seasons, in all occasions. In the notes section in the app, I have given the details about the armor of God. Please go home and meditate on this. Second, praying for others removes the focus from ourselves. When we start praying for others, it will remove the focus from us and puts the focus on him because we are bought by the blood of Jesus. He loves us so much. We love him. We belong to him. We will do what he commands us to do. We will do what it pleases him. We will have the mind of Christ. We will have the same burden that burdens him. Because we go to his presence every day. We no longer serve in our strength. We no longer get tired or weary. We no longer will complain like Martha. Because we will serve by the power of the Holy Spirit to glorify him. When we start praying on behalf of others today. It will help us to build the body of Christ. Finally, God has the power to answer our prayers. In John 15, 7 to 8, it says, Jesus says, if you remain in me, the other version says, if you abide in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, If you abide in me, or if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. What a promise. Jesus loves each and every one of us to go to his presence every day. That is what Mary did when Jesus visited her house. Mary found sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him is more important than anything in this world. She needed more of Jesus. That is why when Martha 
asked Jesus to help, to tell Mary to help her, Jesus gently rebuked Martha. And he said in Luke 10, verse 41 to 42, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let us make every effort to abide in his presence every day. Let's go to his throne and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. He knows you. He knows everything. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. He is El Roy. He sees you and me. He sees our Christ. He sees our brokenness. He sees our deepest fears. Sometimes we think it is very hard for me to pray. My flesh is so weak. But when we go to his presence, the Holy Spirit will help us to pray. And he will intercede with us. What a comfort. Holy Spirit will help us to pray and intercede with us. And our Jesus is interceding for us in the heaven. The relationship with him must be intentional. The deeper intimacy will help us to seek his face. Jesus is looking for you and me who can stand in the gap and pray for the lost and broken. Would you make a commitment today to pray on behalf of others? In our Faith Church website, you can go and sign up for a prayer line where there will be a lot of prayer requests that comes every day. You can pray and intercede for those prayer requests. Tomorrow there will be hundreds of kids attending VBX. Some of the kids, this will be their first time they will hear about Jesus. Will you intercede for those young children and the volunteers who are serving? I encourage each and every one of you to fill the chapel for the next praise and prayer night where we can come together and intercede for the people and pray for this nation. Let's bring, let us bring the amazing power of God to bear upon this world and see what our awesome God will do. Today, if you decided to give your life to Christ, or if you need any prayers or someone wants to pray with you. After this service, please come and meet us over here in the front. We would love to pray with you. How long it takes doesn't matter. We are here for you because we love Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to each and every one of us in this center and in the chapel. And those who are watching online, Lord, convict our hearts and give us the thirst to long for you. Lord, help us, Lord, to seek your face every day to come into your presence, to have the same burden that burdens you, Lord. 
Change our hearts, Lord, and have an intimate relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.